Hello, this is the Planning Podcast. I'm Billy King. And I'm Keisha Rattabiani. Uh, we're planners uh, currently working at a local development firm in and around Birmingham. Uh, on this episode of the Drivers of Change series that we've been conducting, we'll be discussing uh, some of the pros and cons and discussing green spaces such as vertical forests and rooftop gardens in urban scenarios. Uh, we'll be using examples such as the Bosco Vertical in Milan, uh, the Birmingham City Library as case studies to, to gain ideas from and combat against each other. Uh, we'll finish with a bit of a discussion about how we're gonna, how we feel that vertical forests and rooftop gardens could be seen as uh, drivers of change. So if you if you want to start us off, Katie, with what are rooftop gardens? Um, yeah. Well, people have been planting things on rooftops for from the beginning of recorded history. The with the earliest records being in like 600 BC, where people been planting um, edible vegetables on top of their rooftops to keep away from other people, like animals and stuff. And what, like, there has been like a misconception and uh, with the difference between rooftop gardens and green roofs, and people tend to use those two terms interchangeably. But uh, the owner and founder of a firm, Eco Gardens, who make these rooftop gardens and both green roofs, um, Greg Raymond in Chicago, he defined it as rooftop roo- green roofs are typically thought to be an environmental feature, and they are designed to slow down like storm runoff and minimize urban flooding. Whereas rooftop gardens have, do that as well as providing a social aspect for people to interact with um, plants and maybe edible vegetables. Alright, oh, so it's, it's a similar sort of idea to, to vertical forests and they've got some key themes that follow along. Because vertical forests uh, uh, was a, a concept that was popularised by uh, Stefano Buari in April 2017 when he revealed his radical proposals to build these forest cities, he called them, as a way of combating urban pollution. This was uh, Bosco Vertical in Milan, and uh, its its idea is to create an urban belt around the city to stop urban sprawl uh, by implementing these having shrub- shrubbery and wildlife and plants growing up along the side of the buildings. Uh, the, uh, the the concept not only in Milan but also in China, in the city of Xinxuang, uh, was offered as a prototype for another green urban development. Uh, it's because obviously in China, and similar to in Milan as well, it's very heavily congested of high-rise towers. Uh, and if these towers were, were covered in trees, uh, it helps with ventilation in the city, because both of those Examples previously mentioned notoriously don't have the best air quality. Um, yeah, it's, it helps by filtering out the dust particles and absorbing carbon dioxide 
which can help depollute the surrounding environment, which, like I said, in, in cities with commonly poor air pollution uh, in China, and not as much as in Milan, but it, it's, it's definitely, definitely helpful, not only aesthetically, but also on a chemical and health level as well. Okay. What would you say some of the, um, the real pulling factors of rooftop gardens are then in, in, in your research? I feel like most the most of the benefits of rooftop gardens can be separated into three factors of like economic, um, environmental and social. And starting off with the economic like rooftop gardens can can help um, manage like storm um, storm runoff and st- stuff, which is can be helpful in certain cities that have a lot of flooding and can be an extra way of preventing that rainwater from because they absorb about seventy percent of the rainfall. It helps prevent that rainwater from then getting onto the s- streets and getting in and flooding areas. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, it's uh, similar to to um, vertical forests as well in in the um, environmental aspect because it's it's notorious for supporting the local wildlife in and around the area and also as mentioned the improved air quality which is both a feature i believe in both uh, the rooftop gardens and the vertical forests um but economically as well i think if you'll agree or not that both of them are quite costly to set up and maintain with the building uh, mm-hmm. building process of it all uh, especially the maintenance costs uh, are not cheap at all. Um, yeah. Um, especially like with using Milan and Birmingham, the Birmingham Library as an example, the Milan project was about uh, 65 million euros. And and that's also because it was quite a large project. But looking at the Birmingham Library, which is considered quite a, a much smaller project, it did total to over one million as well and that is due to all this like you need specialists to install like the membranes and certain planters and to get like you might need for like vertical forests you might need a, a crane or to help that install and that can be a costly task as well yeah but on the flip side of that as well it's it's known to increase the property value as well when, when they have uh, rooftop gardens and especially in city centre locations such as Birmingham, it can work on the flip side whereas if they hold on to the building for however long it can actually increase the property and the land value. So it's really just uh, weighing up whether it would be a, a worthwhile investment for whoever whoever was considering it really. But um, yeah, I think a, a large part of both of them uh, that uh, big pulling factor for people that, that look to, to put up these green rooftops in urban gardens is the social space for if it's, uh, if it's a shared living space, for example. In high rise buildings, there's very little amount of social space for, for residents to, to get fresh air 
and to have access to plants and and the ability to grow things of their own which is an aspect of the vertical gardens uh, so having that social space without actually having to to go all the way downstairs is, is a massive drive pulling factor i think um, yeah, yeah. definitely not all sunshine and rainbow so what would you say some of the some of the issues that, that you can come into contact with with these are well, as long as, as well as be, it being a costly process, um, it can be harder for certain companies to ensure uh, that a building that they know is going to be less structure, structurally sound with the addition of a rooftop garden or a, a vertical forest on to the side. And they might pr- charge a premium and that could be a con for um, trying to get people to like, residential um, uh, rooftop gardens that are funded by the individual rather than a development firm like where we work at or by the government. Yeah, exactly. And uh, obviously it can carry potential level of risk to the structural soundness of the building in specific scenarios with the increased weight load and um, in some scenarios cause drainage issues. Um, and lead paving floating but um, yeah, they're very specific issues that aren't massively common but they are there so moving on on to how how do you feel that um, rooftop gardens can be seen as drivers of change in, in, in whichever field I feel like it um Visually, it changes the landscape of cities and how individuals react, um, interact with the, their surroundings, making people more like present in a city and less. And um, having those, like that difference of having one building that has a vertical forest or one building that has a, a rooftop garden, that visual difference can also help people with dementia identify where they are. And it, because it has been hard, it's increasingly harder to navigate your way around a city when there's the, been this push of monotony and having the same looking glass boxes, high rise boxes. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more. Um, with vertical forests, I think, the, uh, and uh, rooftop gardens. For me, the environmental aspect is, is a huge driver of change, as, as mentioned at the start, creating a sort of an, an urban belt around the city of having green locations in a city where it's, it's pretty rare walking around Birmingham or any major city in Europe or across the world to find these green areas. And I think it's a, it's a good idea that Birmingham or other cities in general should look at adopting and keeping the city centre as the city centre and creating a, an urban belt around and obviously not only that, preventing urban sprawl and, and all, that, all that kind of thing but uh, supporting the local wildlife as well. I think it's a massive, massive impact as construction anywhere in major cities, whatever sort of whatever, whatever life span is living there at the time. Can uh, be injected, and these 
these can help support local wildlife in, in many aspects but uh, yeah yeah I think that could be also an economic like having a rooftop garden or can be an economic benefit to cities as well because it can it almost opens the doors for other green solutions and environmental solutions such as um, urban farming which can reduce the like pressure on large farms to produce and which can be seen as un, in unethical ways to in order to keep costs down yeah. but having more small like um, decentralized smaller farms can help reduce that pressure and it is something that socially people want to see more of having something locally sourced oh, yeah. it's, if it's something edible completely yeah well thank you very much for joining me today k2 and thank you all for listening for, for listening to this episode of the planning podcast here on rtpi learn uh, please share your thoughts on today's topic on social media and um We'll see you next week where we'll be discussing co-working spaces, I believe. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week. Stay safe.